You're listening to the Employment Rights Online podcast, where we discuss everything employment rights and the job. Hi there. We hope you are able to use your employment rights to challenge any unfair treatment you may be facing at work. And the key thing here is not to suffer in silence. If you do have concerns, head to the bottom of the show notes where you're listening to this podcast episode for all our support links. So we're hitting the home straight of our mini-series focusing on potentially fair reasons your employer could use to get rid of you from your job even when you're a victim of bullying at work. We're now on to the final potentially fair reason that we want to cover and the legal term for that reason is called dismissal for some other substantial reason. So what is some other substantial reason? What other reasons could there be for removing you from your job? Firstly, we'll go through the reasons which are obviously not related to you being bullied at work. The term some other substantial reason is used as a catch-all term, which is able to deal with any other reasons why an employee might be dismissed from their job and why an employer might argue that the reason for dismissal is fair, even when the reason may not be clearly related to conduct, which is behaviour, capability, which is performance, or redundancy which is an external pressure applied to the business, which forces a downsizing of the workforce. For example, some other substantial reason is used to justify dismissing an employee from their job because the company wants that employee to retire at a particular age. Now, the reason why some of the substantial reason applies here is because we have legislation that prevents employers from forcing people to retire at a particular age. You can now work up to any age, but there are services and particular types of jobs where employers are able to argue that once an employee reaches a particular age, they then need to retire because of the impact of that age on their ability to function effectively in the business. And the employer is expected to justify this when applying for exemption under the Equality Act. So some of the jobs where a statutory retirement age can apply include jobs like a fireman or the fire service and the judiciary. Some of the substantial reason can also be used to justify dismissing an employee because they've been imprisoned. Now, this example is pretty straightforward. An employee who has been imprisoned is no longer available to attend work and an employer might have no choice but to dismiss that employee in order to employ someone else. And at face value, That employee could be a great worker or somebody who has caused no problems at work, but there's been an incident and that person has been sent to prison, leaving the employer with no choice but to dismiss them. And that's why some of the substantial reason would apply here. 
An employer can also claim to have dismissed an employee for some other substantial reason if an employee is on a fixed term contract and the contract comes to a natural end and is not being renewed. An employee who dies whilst in employment could also be said to have been dismissed for some other substantial reason. And also, if an employee is dismissed for breaching or failing a statutory requirement linked to their job, such as being banned from driving when a license is needed for the job, or being struck off a professional register when registration is compulsory for the job, and think here nurses, teachers, doctors, social workers, and other types of professions of a similar nature, then the employer would be able to use some other substantial reason for dismissing an employee who is no longer registered to do their job and therefore unable to perform their duties. So these are some of the general reasons where you will find an employer using some other substantial reason to dismiss employees from their jobs for a potentially fair reason. But some other substantial reason has also been used by employers to dismiss employees whom the employer would argue are behaving unreasonably in refusing to agree to new terms and conditions or refusing to agree new reorganisation plans that affect them. And so we're going to focus on this last reason now, because this is where victims of bullying are likely to face dismissal via an abuse of the some other substantial reason rule. So when your boss tries to bully you into accepting new terms and conditions, which you believe are poorer than your old terms and conditions, it's not too far a stretch to fear that you will find yourself sacked from your job because of your refusal to accept those conditions. But the reality is that when you're facing an onslaught of bullying and then you are faced with changes to your working conditions, which you believe will affect you in a negative way, the some other substantial reason rule is likely to be applied because those people who are trying to bully you or force you or coerce you into accepting those terms and conditions are doing this because they know they can and because they are using the rule to target you personally or because they know you need the job and that eventually you will fold and accept the new working agreement. And in these circumstances, your boss or the company will bank on you not knowing that before any changes are made to your terms and conditions linked to your job, your employer should clearly set out those changes and why those changes are necessary so you understand why the changes need to be made. Your employer will also bank on you not knowing that you are entitled to ask for a reasonable period of time to think about whether you would like to trial the new changes or whether you would just like time to think about all the different ways in which those changes are likely to affect you. Instead, what's likely to happen is that you'll find yourself being pushed or coerced or bullied into accepting changes to your working conditions, with the focus being on rushing you or trying to convince you that the changes are happening immediately 
and in making you believe that if you don't accept the changes, that means you are sacking yourself from your job. This is not true and it's not a fair way for using the some other substantial rule. And that's because this way of dealing with you is not what is meant by dismissing you for the potentially fair reason of some other substantial reason. Instead, any changes to your terms and conditions should be because there is a business need to make those changes. And any use of the some other substantial reason rule to target you personally or to use it as an opportunity to force you out of your job is an unfair use of the rule and would mean that if you were dismissed, the reason for dismissal would not potentially be fair. These are just some examples of where the some other substantial reason rule might be used to dismiss you. But these examples are not exhaustive and it doesn't mean that your employer won't come up with another reason. But you get the general idea of how the some other substantial reason for dismissal could be used. Now, as usual, it follows that if you don't agree with your dismissal because you believe the reasons for the dismissal or the way the allegations against you have been investigated or you believe your employer has not treated you fairly during the three-step dismissal process, it follows that you may conclude that your dismissal might be unfair. And if you are unhappy, then you should consider taking your own action. But your actions may start before dismissal because if you feel that you are being bullied or forced or coerced into accepting changes to your terms and conditions, then your first course of action should be to complain about the treatment. But if you find that you've been dismissed for not accepting those changes, then your next course of action should be to appeal the dismissal and your grounds for appeal will be a failure of your employer to not look at your reasons in a fair way. Now, even whilst you're appealing that decision to dismiss you, your employer may still go ahead with the dismissal and may still issue you with your final letter of dismissal. And it's at that stage that you need to check that all of your contractual payments, that's things like holiday pay, notice pay and any other shift allowances or other payments linked to your contract, it's about checking that everything has been paid to you. Because if it hasn't, this becomes something else that you should complain about in your letter of appeal. The best place to start with the checks is to look at your contract of employment and all letters and paperwork connected to the dismissal. And that's it for this week. As usual, if you like what we're doing, please like, share and subscribe to our podcast and to our content and our social media pages. And also leave us a review on iTunes to help us to grow the podcast. We would really appreciate your support. Finally, remember that you can find all our support links at the bottom of the show notes for this podcast episode. Until next week, have a great Employment Rights Week. Bye for now.